power of visitation. Hear the Spirit call. Welcome to another podcast of Dr. Leslie Bakupon. Be blessed as you listen.
Hallelujah. How many of you are glad to be in church this morning? We thank God for church. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. And how many of you are gearing up for fire rally? <laughs> Hallelujah. As I announced to you the other time, our theme is recharge. Everybody say recharge. The zone we'll be having the meeting in will be a highly inflammable zone. If you enter that place, it's like you'll be electrocuted. Hallelujah. Aha. If you don't want to be electrocuted by the Holy Ghost, stay in your house. But we love the electrocution of the Spirit of God. Amen. You know, COVID-19 has made a lot of things go down. People's prayer is not the same. In fact, maybe the theme should have been recharge and reset yeah you're going to charge the phone you need to reset it amen? amen yeah but after fire rally your life will never be the same again amen. you will catch some fire that you will run with for the rest of your life amen. and i encourage all of us to start praying into it and start preparing i think the in-person prayer meetings will start from tomorrow evening pastor Alpha, am i right on that all right so um, look for the venue and everything on the church page. And then a link, has a link been put up for people to join the prayer team? Okay. So a link will be put up for people to join the prayer team for Fire Rally. All right. So just click and join. It's, it's going to be a prayer team made up of people from various denominations. I expect the overflow people to be the majority on that page. Hallelujah. Because as I said, we are all part of the prayer committee and the publicity committee. Amen. I believe publicity will start in earnest from tomorrow. All right. So um, look out for instructions. Uh, You'll be given instructions as to what exactly to do. Amen. All right. So this morning I have a short message. Say short message. Uh, When I'm getting to fire rally mode, I don't talk plenty. So I'm going to give you a very short message. But... It will help you. Hallelujah. Ask somebody, are you ready for the word? Ask somebody else, are you ready for the word? Hallelujah. All right. There's a message I I preached probably about three years ago, but it won't be the same message. Amen. Hallelujah. We bind the sound demons in Jesus' name. You want to disrupt our meeting. So... I preached this, this message about three years ago, but if you are somebody who follows my sermons, critically, you realize no two messages are the same. They can have the same title. I can't even preach them on the same day, but they will be different. Amen. And um, I feel very strongly I need to preach this message because... Um, it will help you. Hallelujah. Amen. What did I preach last week? I preached on making, taking the, making decisions in life. How many of you were helped by the message? How many of you were helped by the message? Hallelujah. Even me, myself, I was helped by the message. Because I'm, I'm in a situation right now, I need to take a very important decision for the church. It's, it's all at my doorstep. It's like, you know, everything... Finally falls at, 
when everybody is struggling with their decision, then it has to be at my, my, my doorstep to take. And the truth is that my own sermon blessed me. Hallelujah. You know, yesterday I was like, hey, you look very pensive. And I told her, yeah, I'm trying to take that decision. So I was like, oh, don't worry, God will help you. And I happened to uh, be talking with Pastor Ernest on the phone about something completely different. He's not in church today. He's not feeling too well. So send him a, a message uh, for him to get well soon. Um, so we're talking about something else. And the issue I had to decide on came. And he reminded me of something I said in the sermon, which for me solved the problem for me. Hallelujah. He said, Osofo, you said when it comes to decision making, don't aim at making the perfect decision, but make sure you make a good decision. And that was it for me. Hallelujah. I realized I was trying to make a perfect decision. But I will take a good decision. Hallelujah. I'll take a good decision. We thank God for his word. This morning, I want to speak to you on what I've entitled, Guard Your Heart. Everybody say, Guard Your Heart. Put your hand on your chest and say, I'll guard my heart. Do it again. Say, I will guard my heart. Hallelujah. This is a message that everybody needs. Every human being needs this message. Every Christian needs this message. Whether you are single, married, double, double dating. <laughs> it's for everybody. Because we all need to guard our hearts. Amen? Yeah. The heart is a very important part of us. As human beings. You know, what makes the heart unique is that it's the only part of us as human beings that straddles all three dimensions of, of the human being. That is the body, the soul, and the spirit. The heart is the only one that, that can find itself in all of these realms at the same time. That's because when we talk about the heart, we could be talking about the anatomical heart. The one that is beating in your chest right now. The one whose apex is supposed to be fifth left intercostal space, mid-clavicular line. If yours is not there, you need a doctor. <laughs> if it is higher or lower, correct. Is there a word for a heart that is smaller than normal? Bigger than normal is cardiomegaly. Somebody should invent a word for a heart that is smaller than normal and we'll put your name on it. Don't you want to be, when we say Bassini repair and things like that, don't you want something that has your name on it? <laughs> a dwarfish heart. <laughs> the heart can mean the anatomical heart. The heart can mean the spiritual heart. By that I mean your spirit man. Because sometimes when the Bible says in my heart, thy word have I hid in my heart. It's not hidden in your left ventricle. You understand? That when you go inside and you open, you see scriptures written in there. It's in your spirit. Say my spirit. So we have the spiritual heart. 
and we have the social heart which is your soul the seat of your emotions your will your mind or your intellect that's the social heart so the heart alone straddles all of these three dimensions that is what makes the heart very unique and when we talk about guarding your heart okay you let me give you scripture so that you can say i'm talking from my mind uh, proverbs chapter 4 verse 23 give me king james proverbs chapter 4 verse 23 let's read it together go keep thy heart with all diligence for out of it are the issues of life hallelujah let's read niv for that one too niv give me niv for the same one he said above all else say above all else go on guard your heart for it is the wellspring of life hallelujah yeah king james is telling us to do it diligently and niv says above all else that means it's not something you do passively it's an active thing it is something you must consciously and actively do hallelujah a lot of us have gotten into trouble we shouldn't have gotten into simply because we didn't obey the scripture a lot of us have felt pain in life we shouldn't have felt simply because we didn't obey the scripture and when it comes to guarding your heart there's a place for guarding your anatomical heart all right then then now we'll be talking medicine uh-huh, cholesterol things and blah 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 and all those things but that is not why we are here amen that's not why we are here you have to guard your spiritual heart one day i'll preach a message on guarding your spiritual heart because we are in a time and an era where everybody needs to guard their spiritual heart you need to know what to allow into your spirit and what not to allow into your spirit you need to know who you should allow to lay hands on you and who not to lay hands on you you see christians of today the moment we hear somebody is prophesying somewhere once you get a recommendation from one person and even that one person the person's life is not even anything to write home about say hey when i went they told me this that 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 i believe in the prophetic i believe i believe in the i love the prophetic by god's grace i move in the prophetic so i believe in it but we need to be careful hallelujah the counterfeits in the system are many the bible talks about strange fire not every fire is fire there is strange fire and nowadays you when i'm preaching on guarding your spiritual heart I'll, I'll, I'll give you more details but today my focus is more on the social heart guarding your social heart hallelujah when something is precious that is when you guard it you don't guard things that are not precious your heart is very precious your heart is very important that is why you shouldn't allow just anything at all to trouble your heart or any person at all to trouble your heart hallelujah anything you see with guards on it what it means is that what is inside is precious you will never see armed men guarding a rubbish dump 
Have you seen Bola? And there are heavy macho men, policemen with heavy guns and rounds of ammunition. Guarding rubbish. Nobody guards the rubbish down because the things that are there are things people don't want. Amen? When you guard something, it means there are people who might want that thing. Or there's somebody who might want that thing. Or something that might want that thing. And that is why you need to guard it. Banks are guarded. You see armed policemen at banks. Bank of Ghana. If you've driven in front of Bank of Ghana before, you realize the walls are taller than usual. You can't even see what goes on inside. It's all a way of guarding. Hallelujah. But you see, when the Bible says we should guard our hearts, some of the ways of guarding is to put a human being there. Another way is to create a barricade around it. When the Bible says we should guard our hearts, it doesn't mean erect a wall around your heart. Let me take it again. When the Bible says guard your heart, it doesn't mean erect a wall around your heart. You know, there's a kind of fence that has holes in it. Uh, That is the kind of wall we are talking about. There are certain things that must enter your heart. And there are certain things that must be sieved out. So when the Bible says guard your heart, what it means is that place a sieve upon your heart. So that sieve will determine what enters and what doesn't enter. Hallelujah. Because if you erect a complete wall, there are things that must enter your heart that will not enter. And you will lose out. Amen. The fact that somebody broke your heart doesn't mean you should erect a wall. So nobody will enter again. No, it is wrong. And I'll come there very soon. Because I believe it will help somebody. There there are things you need to guard your heart from. One of them is offense. Say offense. Hallelujah. Have you been with somebody and you realize you are offended with the person? How do you say it? Your roommate, you get up and suddenly your eyes as if you have a lateral rectus palsy. You look at them somewhere. It's like hatred is welling up in your heart. You are offended. You're offended. Every believer must guard your heart against offense. If you will guard your heart against offense, it means you have to learn to forgive and to let things go. Hatred is a very serious thing. Some of you are sitting here and there are people you literally hate. And I'm not talking about the devil. If you hate the devil, it's a good thing. I'm talking about human beings with flesh and blood like you. You you literally hate them. And what does the Bible say about hatred? In fact, what does Jesus say about hatred? He said, if you hate your brother, you are what? A murderer. Jesus' standards were higher than Moses' standards. People think Jesus came and, you know, things have been watered down. No, no, no. Adultery, he took it to another level. Moses' time, adultery, you have to go and lock somebody in the room and sleep with the person. But Jesus said, if you look, say look. Say look. Say it again, look. 
Elle est là, c'est un look. One pastor preached on this and he said, How many have committed adultery in the church before? According to this scripture. Should I ask the same question? Or will ask by everybody who close their eyes? <laughs> hey. He said, If you look, the pastor was telling one of the female members of the church. Who was trying to go out with some Amalekites? He asked, Have you slept with him? He says, No. He said, But if you knew the number of times he has slept with you in his mind, by now in the spirit, you have like five children. Mm, you are laughing, but it's possible you cry there, you are laughing. There's somebody dying. <laughs> You possibly have like 20 children with a person in your imagination already. May the Lord help us. Hallelujah. May the Lord purge the minds of his children with the blood. It is important. Guard your heart against offense. But I say today that the offense part is not my, my focus. Mm. One of the things you need to guard your heart against is inappropriate affections. Everybody say inappropriate affections. Hallelujah. This one, it applies to the married man. It applies to the married woman. It applies to the single woman. It applies to the single man. It applies to the ordinary church member. It applies to the leader. It applies to the church. It applies to everybody. You need to guard your heart against inappropriate affections. And especially as you are very young and your social heart is very active. At this stage, as somebody said, you fall in and out of love by heart. In and out of love by heart. You need to be careful. Amen? Today, I'll be done. Like 15 minutes, I'll be done. It's just a straightforward thing. I'm coming to tell you. And I'm done. Straight, straight. I'll give it to you straight. I don't need a ruler. No ruler. You need to guard your heart. You see, there is something called infatuation. Say infatuation. Uh, what, what term do we use for it? We say, say it's a crash. A crash. Should I ask how many people have had crashes before? If you haven't had it before, you are not normal. Bra, you be child deliverance. You let you drink some, you walk in some, you jump in some, you do exercise, and then maswayani. In the oil. That's our country for your deliverance. <laughs> it is a normal part of growing up. Hallelujah. It's a normal part of growing up. It is not a sin to be infatuated with somebody. Aha. It can become a sin depending on what you do with the infatuation. You understand? Aha. So having that kind of admiration. Should I tell you the difference between infatuation and love? Should I tell you the difference? 
you see in both cases eh, you like the person but with infatuation you are attracted to the person's strengths so maybe the guy is a fine guy the lady is fine she's your type everybody has a type some people have types some people they are universal so many I appreciate the handiworks of the Lord it is the doing of the Lord and it is marvelous in my sight there are some people everybody is attractive oh so long as you are the right gender everybody is attractive the spectrum of people you can get attracted to some people's own is very narrow it's like extremely like very very specific if you don't fall within that yeah forget it some people's spectrum is medium size some others very 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 broad it's like we don't discriminate (laughs) you don't discriminate that one too is no good (laughs) hallelujah uh-huh. Ladies, you have to pray for a husband whose spectrum is very narrow. Probably specific to you alone. It's a good prayer topic to pray for. If you are not married yet, then you pray for a specific, what do you call it? Me and me alone. You can't see anybody else. Mm. The, the, the oil of what? Of the narrow spectrum. <laughs> so with infatuation, you are attracted to the person's strengths. So how the person looks, how the person walks, the talking voice, the singing voice. Some people watch uh, who are some of the uh, secular singers with don't pretend you don't know the names. You mention the names. Uh huh. What are their names? Huh? Kitty, kitty, uh-huh. Kitty. See kitty, the way he holds the microphone and turns his neck like that. Oh my god. We like Joe Metal. He's got it all. He's got it all. He's got it all. <laughs> you like the Joe Metals and the Kofi Kakaris and the, you know yeah so with infatuation you are attracted to the person's strengths just the strengths but you see with love you are attracted to the person's strengths but you are also okay with the things that are not so strong in their lives. Hallelujah. Because you see, when you say you love somebody, it doesn't mean the person is perfect for you. That like the person cannot do any wrong. In fact, it's the love that will cover the multitude of sins and the, and the multitude of offenses. Hallelujah. There are some people, if you don't love them, you can't live with them. Because they are always stepping on toes. They are always offending. They are always not doing something. Hallelujah. 
Yeah. So infatuation or having a crash is a normal part of growing. It becomes a problem when you don't deal with it appropriately. People get disappointed. They get broken hearted because they don't handle their crashes and their infatuations well. And I'll show you some of the ways of dealing with some of these things. Ladies, are you listening to me? Are you listening to me? Most of the time, the broken heartedness is in your direction, even though guys too can get quiet. Guys have come to cry to me before. Tears, oh, crying tears. Didn't God say the expectation of the righteous shall not be cut off? But his son has been cut off. Because the lady became engaged. Once the ring was on the finger, he knew that like there is no you can't go into the park and go and pray. I claim I claim so so and so. The days of claiming are over because God Himself has endorsed. You see, but these things happen when you don't handle your infatuations well. Hallelujah. Now, let me show you a few things. Let me show you scripture. You see, how people feel when the expectations are not met or they like somebody, the person doesn't like them back. It's, 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 it's recorded in scripture. But you don't believe it. Proverbs 13, 12. What does Proverbs say? Proverbs, there's a lot of wisdom in it. Though. You have to read Proverbs. It says, hope deferred. Hope, when you're hoping for something. When you say something is deferred, it means it's not coming now. Hope deferred makes the heart sick. Let me show you what this one means. Let me give you a typical example. Hope deferred. You like the person. You are expecting the person to text you. So for some reason, every 30 minutes you check your WhatsApp. That doesn't mean you check your WhatsApp and there's nothing. The hope is being deferred. What you're expecting is not happening now. It's being postponed. And the Bible says it makes the heart sick. Hallelujah. How many of you can identify with that one? Or have identified with this at a point in time? Yeah. Hope deferred. It can make the heart sick. The worst is when you can see the thing has double tick blue. And you're expecting a reply. And it is not coming. Yes, the person is online updating his status. Yes, he has seen it, she has seen it, and she is ignoring you. It makes the heart sick. So it is normal. Hallelujah. It's normal. It's a normal thing. But the second part says, But a longing fulfilled is a tree of life. May your longings, your good longings, say good longings, may they be fulfilled in the name of Jesus. When finally he proposes, that is a longing fulfilled. You have prayed, son, done warfare, son, bound your village people who fight against marriages and good relationships. Bound them, sir. And then one day he says, Can we go to Frankie's? Are you free on Saturday night? If he comes and says, Are you free on Sunday morning? Your dream was yesterday. We cancel it with a red pen. 
That one is about saying, Are you free on Sunday morning? If somebody asks you that, eh, it means a lot. It means you now you haven't shown signs of being a Christian in the they shouldn't Sunday morning should be a holy time. If somebody asks you for your Sunday morning, it's an indictment on your Christianity. Hallelujah. It means you've not been a worthy ambassador of Jesus Christ. And finally, he says, can we take this thing to another level? Oh my God. <laughs> so how do you guard your heart? How do you guard your heart? How do you guard your heart? The first step to guarding your heart in this direction is to admit certain facts. What are those facts? Admit the fact that you have the potential to like the person. You know, there are some people, eh? You meet them and you know that this person, I can like the person. It doesn't mean you like the person, no. But I can like the person. The person falls within your spectrum. The person is your type. You say, or your taste. <laughs> Admit that you can like the person. That is the first step. Sometimes we play a lot of denial with ourselves. You are falling heads over hills and over mountains, yeah, but it's like you are telling yourself, no, Charlie, a daughter of Zion like me, a daughter of Abraham, Sarah, Sarah, ba. and you are living in denial. If you will guard your heart, you have to admit that this thing hallelujah you see for all you know with that person you end up with the person but it's important to guard your heart especially ladies because most of the time the decision as to whether this thing will be or not is not yours unfortunately that's how society is there's nothing wrong with a lady telling a gentleman she likes him I've not seen it anywhere in the bible it is culture and society and things it's because you see in our culture is a man who marries a woman that is why the proposal comes from the woman but biblically speaking that there is absolutely nothing wrong with the lady because some of the men they have pop of the mouth what you have seen they have not seen you are probably more prayerful than them god has shown you the vision that this is my he hasn't seen help him help him A few years ago, one of my daughters came to see me. She was like, Daddy, this guy, I, I like him. Bye, I like him. And I've prayed and I know. That it is him. And nobody else. <laughs> Don't worry, the person is not here. The person is not here. I've seen, I like him. So what should I do? I told her, different people have different love languages. Learn his love language and speak it. This is free advice I'm giving to you. Learn his love language and speak it. Somebody say speak it. <laughs> yeah. First step, admit. Admit to yourself that no, this thing. 
I have the potential of liking the person or I already like the person. Don't, don't live in denial. There's a reason why for among all the people, he's the one whose text message you expect the most. All your classmates, do you expect their text message? There are some of them, when you see their text message, this unserious boy. Then suddenly you become very philosophical. <laughs> we want serious persons in life. Huh? Look at this boy. Serious persons. It's only one serious person you have at the back of your mind. <laughs> Be honest with yourself. Don't do this over spiritual thing and blah. Sometimes I talk to lady. I can see that she lies. Oh no, me? Me? Sometimes the ones who are more vehement, you know, they are the suspicious ones. Yes, I'm telling you. Me. Ah! And somebody I talked to, and the way she even did the thing. Ah, me. Ah! I was like, ah, why? Is he not a human being? Does he have four legs? How can I like this guy? When they are being more vehement, most of the time, it's denial that they are showing. There's a reason why you expect his visit more than anybody. There are people, they'll tell you, oh, I'll come and visit you today at 3 p.m. If they don't come, it's like you don't even remember they said they'll come and visit you. But this particular one, if she doesn't come, the next day you are offended, like your day has been spoiled. You see, the things I'm saying, I'm helping some of you. Those of you who are in denial. Those of you who are not admitting to yourself. I'm showing you the signs and symptoms. I'm eliciting some signs for you. There is a reason why you are offended. There's a reason why of all your friends... She is the one you intercede for the most. Intercession eh, is done out of love. You can't intercede properly without the spirit of love. Oh Lord, let her academics prosper. Let the protection of God be upon her life. Give her favor with God and with men. <laughs> There's a reason. Somebody said there's a reason. There's a reason why when you are around him or her, your heart beats differently. Normal heart is supposed to be S1 and S2. They call it lap-dap or whatever. Lap-dap. When you get around it, it's not lap-dap. You have S1, S2, S3, S4. Listen, it becomes bonkete. <laughs> Boom kitty. The new word for crash is boom kitty. <laughs> There's a song uh, Lenny LeBlanc sang. He said, You change the rhythm of my heart. Have you heard that song before? Uh-huh. That song, go and look for it. When you take God out of it, it's a serious love song. Go. 
There's a reason. Somebody say there's a reason. Yeah. You, you need to admit. That is the beginning of guarding your heart. When you stay in denial and stay in there, and this is what I'm talking about, it's not only for singles. So. Guarding your heart is not only for singles. You can be married and you will lose God. And the time you realize your affections are with somebody else. Are you sure? Haven't you heard of that things before? That's how extramarital affairs and things happen. It's not all the time that when men go outside their marital home, it's just for physical reasons. There are times when their heart has actually ended. They say men usually cheat with their bodies. But the reason why when a woman cheats is more painful is that for a woman to cheat, she's cheating with her body, with her heart, her soul, her mind, everything. So that one is more painful. So this is what I'm talking about. I'm not only talking to singles. Married people, you to open your ears and listen. That person at your workplace that you are getting too fond of. That for some reason when you go to work and she doesn't come, you are disappointed and you don't understand why. For some reason you look forward to going to see that person at work. It seems very innocent but it may not be innocent like that. You have to admit certain things and start putting on your guard. When the person says, I'm going on leave, oh no, you become depressed, but you don't understand. Just because maybe he complimented your dressing one or two times. That, oh, you are looking very beautiful. Eh, is it true? Is that so? Then you start meditating upon it. Then the thing starts entering your soul and your heart and your spirit. So every morning you are waiting for that compliment. It's a sign. Somebody say it's a sign. It's a sign. The reason why you enjoy conversing with that person in an abnormal way. Oh, we understand each other. We click, we vibe. I find all his jokes funny. My husband is, a, is too dry. He doesn't know how to crack jokes, he doesn't know how to make me laugh. It, when I'm with him, I, I discover myself. I become myself. I'm happy. It's a sign. Somebody say it's a sign. It's a sign. Happy. Oh, when, I, when I'm with my wife, she will nag and nag and nag and nag. This one, she's always complimenting me and, and making me feel like I'm somebody and this and that and that. that. You can easily be trapped without your knowing. These things, when they happen, look, most of the time, there are times when one person plans it and executes it. But a lot of times, they are not planned. People just didn't guard their hearts. They were careless. The time you realize you are in a place you don't want to be. There's a reason why you want to stay at your workplace longer. Even though you are tired. You want to stay there. Because there's somebody who is there. 
and the person's presence excites you. There's a reason why when you are supposed to pair up for anything, it is that particular person at all costs you want to pair up with. Even church, they say, take a prayer partner. There's somebody by you, but... There's a reason. It may mean nothing. Maybe you are spiritually connected. But all I'm saying is that be careful. Somebody say be careful. Yeah. You, you need to admit certain things. That is the first step to guarding your heart. Admit. Spot it early. Because when you stay in denial, by the time you are ready to admit it, you are already in it. And woe unto you. You see, it's a little okay if let's say you are both single and there is a possibility of something coming out of it but if one you are not single or the person is not single you are playing and dealing in very muddy waters it is a very serious thing in God's sight for you to have an inappropriate relationship with somebody's spouse You see, I pity those slave queens. Like, I, I pity them. They don't know what they are doing to themselves. Now, it's like, it's become so common. It's as if society is accepting it as normal. When you threaten the young ladies with the word of God, cry that, oh, you will reap what you sow. Somebody will do it to you. They're like, ah, but we know men will always cheat. That's what somebody actually said. He said, as for men, they will always cheat. So she knows and has resolved in her heart that one day somebody will sleep with her husband. So she to even now she's sleeping with somebody's husband. And one, it's normal. But you see, I pity such people. Because woe unto you if you fall in the firing line of a praying woman. Firing line of a praying woman. Some spear will catch you. Some missile will catch you. Some intercontinental ballistic missile will blow your head off. Young ladies, guard your heart against inappropriate affections and relationships with married men. Guard your heart. If you are beginning to like the person, admit it early and start doing something about it. If it means reducing the frequency of your, your, your seeing the person, reduce it. I know people who have asked for transfers from their workplace. Because they realize that no, the way this thing is going, if God doesn't intervene. I had a friend who was talking to me. She was like, she went for some conference somewhere in some country. And she met another Ghanaian man there. At that time, she wasn't married, but she was in a relationship getting to marriage. And the way they clicked and the way they vibed, she realized that no, this thing, the way it's going, is becoming very dangerous. See, that's why you must have accountability friends quickly picked phones and called a number of people that look this is what is happening pray with me 
you will you call you are there nobody is there <laughs> in another country like a far away country he said the thing got so bad at the point in time they were in a lift together and the sexual tension was so strong she knew if they had reached the what do you call it the floor and gotten down they probably would have gone into his room and done something they were not supposed to do you see sometimes the devil unleashes spirits of lust on people when you are there and suddenly like some strong inexplicable attraction comes upon you for somebody start binding some demons there are times satan releases spirits of lust if you don't take authority and deal with it by the time you are done with what you will do you'll be like ah was this me but some way somehow as the lift was going up it broke down in the middle and became an emergency so they had to call whatever whether it's fire service or whatever and all the tension just diffused like that i believe it was the prayers people were praying for her but you see such a thing somebody oh can tell oh but it's nothing it's, it's nothing i mean we are not doing anything we haven't even hugged before it's, 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 it's. you think it's like a b c d that you always must move from a to b to z you've not seen people jump from a to z before you need to guard your heart guard your heart if you have committed to one person if you are you have committed to one person you say you are going to get married to this person shut your mind to all others because you see some of the things that open you up for these things is when you start comparing comparison is the reason people are not happy in their relationships is the reason why people are not happy in their marriages if you will take this and i'm telling you your relationship will be better and your marriage will be better stop comparing it's a decision you've made you've decided that it is this person focus on that person look the truth is that you will not get somebody who is 100 percent what you want maybe 80 percent some people is even 40. that means there are some people you will meet who will have the 60 that you would have wished the person had maybe character fine but there's a body type say body type that you wish that if this side had been carved a little more carving you wish you had a chisel you carve it the way you like it and it's not likely you will carve it very straight you may carve it in a certain way in a certain direction <laughs> I was telling some people that there is a reason why when God was going to create Eve he made Adam sleep If you had been awake and you had seen the formula, by the time God would be living there, Adam would have made like seven different colors, different shapes, different everything. One for comfort, one for encouragement, one for progress, one for planning, one for ministry partner, and everything. Adam would have made seven. Pa, 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 pa. <laughs> like that you see what i'm saying is that you won't find what you want all of it in one person that means there are people who come around you 
who will have that 60 percent maybe 10% of that 60% you see another person is so what do you do does it mean every time you see somebody who has what the person you have committed to doesn't have you start sitting there and, comp- and comparing ah if it had been this one the husband is not thoughtful at all and you meet somebody at work the person will ask you like, oh have you eaten simple have you eaten too because of that you are have you eaten keke that that simple saying because of that you are demonizing your husband may god have mercy on you <laughs> or your beloved you start getting unhappy in your relationship and your marriage when you start comparing their weaknesses with the strengths of other people And as I always say, when you do that, what you are doing is that you are not married to that person. You are not in a relationship with that person. So all that you see about the person is a fantasy. You've never had the opportunity to be in a marriage situation with that person. You've never had the opportunity to be in a relationship situation with that person. So you can't compare what you see from the outside. It is a fantasy. And a fantasy is perfect. And what you are doing is that you are pitching the reality of what you are in, the one you are committed to, the reality of it and its imperfections with that fantasy. And trust me, when you make that comparison, the reality doesn't stand a chance. That's how you become dissatisfied. That is why you that's how you, you start complaining. And when you continue in that, you start seeing more and more and more. And the time you realize demons have started speaking to you. Divorce, divorce, divorce. Look, nowadays divorce in Christian marriages is 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 common. It's common. Me, if I bless your marriage, if it's divorce, go somewhere. Don't come and tell me. Unless he's killing you. He's taking a knife. Hey. <laughs> I shall kill you. That one I'll come. Hallelujah. Life and death I'll come. Don't don't come and call me. As somebody said. You got married in the presence of many witnesses. So if you are going to dissolve it, go and call all of them. Bring them together and then we'll dissolve it in the same manner. If you can do it, uh, fine. Now the small thing, no, because of irreconcilable differences. Look, let me give you a secret. Marriage, eh? The first five, ten years is adjustment. You really start enjoying your marriage after about ten years. one is free advice i'm telling you first five ten years is adjustment you will really start en- i'm not saying you are not enjoying your marriage now but you will really start enjoying your marriage after about 10 years i'm telling you by which time you know what to do not to offend by which time there's a certain phase when you see you know that charlie trouble is about to break and you know what to do to stop it so you don't get to that point where the thing gets so bad somebody say adjustment yeah. and everybody must enter marriage with the mind of being ready to adjust people go with their own expectations and they are not ready to budge so when those expectations are not met then this and it's not working it's not so 
There are some of the adjustments. Eh? You are here. The person is here. At the end of the day, you must come together. There are some of the adjustments. One person will have to do a hundred percent adjustment and come to meet the person where the person is. There are some of the adjustments. You do fifty, I do fifty. We meet in the middle, and that is how it will work. Somebody say adjustment. People enter marriage with all sorts of <laughs> fantasies and stuff like that. I've, I've been telling those who are married fresh that when children come in, the dynamics change. And you need to adjust to that dynamic. Otherwise, your marriage will change forever. <laughs> For the worse. <laughs> oh, children, when children come in, eh, if you don't think, the frequency of the fighting will be more. Oh, yes, I'm telling you. Because... The, the, the children come with extra stress. They're like, yeah, go, God. It's stressful. <laughs> you don't know. Your sleep is no longer yours. And the worst time is when they're around two years. Two years. I was telling Alpha, you should start preparing. The way Aiden is active, eh? By the time he gets to two years, start pumping metal. <laughs> when they have now learned to walk and run and they are enjoying life. They don't understand it. At two years, everything you say is the opposite they will take. Their favorite word is no. They say no. Do you want to eat? No. Everything is no. You can say the thing and turn the opposite. They will say no. It's rebellion. <laughs> and that is when if you are not a team, husband and wife, you are not a team to handle the stress of it. You will fight and fight and fight. Can't you see he's running away? Won't you go and run and catch him? And he, this one too is expecting to say, Hey, your child is crying. Now he's gotten there. When he grows and starts collecting prizes and say, Ha ha ha, that's my son. When he was crying, Today I'm giving you free marriage counseling. It's adjustment. Everybody say adjustment to adjust you are two different people coming from two different completely different backgrounds with two different personalities you all got born again at different times that's hopefully if you are both born again <laughs> your level of spiritual growth different you don't expect that oh you sit you know and everything starts clicking and blah 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 that's fairy tale stuff there are things you will not agree on there are methods of doing things even disciplining the children. So I say, oh, but sometimes you shout too much. You say, yeah, let me shout. Let me shout. <laughs> they are stubborn. They have to hear. It must enter their head. And it could be because of personality differences. Somebody is a quiet, melancholy, quiet personality who would rather want to appeal to your conscience. And the other is a sanguine. If you do, I'll beat you. I'll beat you. You are getting on my nerves. <laughs> That's when there is a cane in every corner of the house. There's one in the car. There's one if you joke non discipline. <laughs> Somebody say adjustment. It's adjustment. So when you enter marriage with this mentality that look, I'm coming to adjust, and that it is teamwork, you will avoid comparison. Stop comparing your beloved with other people. He is him. 
she is her take him as he is take her as she is you made the decision so stick with it stay with it hallelujah one of the worst things you can do is to try to suggest when you're trying to suggest an idea to your spouse and you use another person's husband or wife as an example oh look uh, even richard does this for his wife when you do that you know what you would have done you would have created animosity in his or her heart towards that subject the person who hates that anytime you bring up that subject it will stir up anger in him or her don't compare if you are suggesting suggested even if the example came from somebody suggest it as if it is yours as if it's your own mind Everybody oh, but even this is a, and on Valentine's Day, so so and so's wife took her to Aqua Safari. And you there, we are sitting here. Are watching a few <laughs> a little wind. They are joking for Aqua Safari walk. Let's go and ride that they are both being a Like by now we'll be driving on the road and I'll be looking at the trees and the birds. Hyper romantic syndrome. Some of your problems that you love love too much. Too many movies and too many novels. You need to be realistic in life. Hallelujah. But that is also not an excuse not to be caring and affectionate. Say that if I say you shouldn't love, love too much. So it be stiff like that. They will compare you with somebody. Go and do it. Compare you. Come and say, oh. And did you see how so so and so did this, 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 this? It enters the heart. Oh, and it's painful. So don't do it. Maybe the person, you see, your partner may not have done it with any negative. It's just giving you an example. But what I'm telling you is that it's not a good thing to do. Comparing people with their peers is bad. It's hurtful and it creates resentment for that topic. So it may be something that may be truly, truly, truly you should do. But the whole thing has been associated with a certain kind of comparison and it has created a certain dislike for the topic. So that thing never gets done. Because you feel like ah, if I do it, then it's, it's because you said so-so and so did it. That is why I'm doing it. And say, I hope you get what I'm talking about. Yeah. So stop comparing. When you compare, you make yourself vulnerable to inappropriate affections. You should never be in a marriage and there is something very important and there is somebody else, especially of the opposite sex, not just marriage, courtship and everything. There's somebody else of the opposite sex you are more comfortable speaking to about it. It is wrong. It's wrong. Say, oh, ask my husband. When I say, tell him this thing, he won't understand. My wife, she, she won't understand. There shouldn't be somebody of the opposite sex you are more comfortable discussing such things with than the one you have committed to. Guard your heart. Somebody say, guard your heart. 
don't set traps for yourself don't set traps for yourself look leaders it's good to visit your flock it's good but shouldn't be seeing that one particular flock be recalcitrant goat <laughs> this one is not a sheep bull <laughs> of the opposite sex it's like you have taken a special interest in the person don't do unannounced visits like oh let me just go I want to see the person as they are because if I tell them I'm coming they will put away the worldly music I want to go and see them as they are you may go and see them as they are there's a certain time especially in student hostels you don't expect a male visitor at a certain time so the people in the room are feeling free say feeling free when they hear a knock they assume probably it's one of the neighbors and they open the door or suffer with his hands at his back holy sanctimonious peace be unto you and this is a person standing there almost half naked now will you command the ground to open for you to enter will you look at the ceiling look at the side or run away you create unnecessary awkward moments by some of these things and you see there are certain things when you expose yourself to if you don't deal with the sight well the memory of the sight well you can open a door for last forever you know what i'm talking about oh you don't know what i'm talking about uh-huh. you open a door forever so don't put yourself in certain kinds of situations somebody you are working with and probably you have to travel together somewhere you are in your hotel room the person is in their hotel room you you just enter like that because you are feeling free guard your heart admit it when you realize no this thing is becoming funny admit it and do something about it some people don't admit it because they feel it is too profane like I, I, I like I shouldn't even but the thing is happening admit it and deal with it hallelujah and then for those who are not married the single one of the ways of guarding your heart is for you not to assume that something will come out of your relationship that is where a lot of people are found wanting you kill yourself with imaginations you imagine things maybe the person is single you're also single you like the person you start imagining oh how will it be like if we walked along the polygonal beach hand in hand with the wind blowing my hair and us living footprints in the sand behind us and the sun is setting you see the way you are excited <laughs> and you are lying in your bed and you are smiling and nobody knows why you are smiling you are seeing heaven they say heaven now a higher glass and <laughs> you are there lying down and smiling and you know 
are all excited. In a world of your own, you are harming yourself. You are harming yourself. Don't be too expectant. Put a shield, put a, a, a fence around your heart. Because people get themselves into the fantasy of what it will be like. And they get to the point of, Charlie, if this thing doesn't happen, I can't take it. Oh, on our wedding day, and I'm wearing my veil, and he's unveiling me and looking into my eyes. Oh, God. You may even shed tears. Fantasy tears. Oh, the organ will play the wedding march and the bridal song, and I'll be walking. And you are there living in a world of fantasy. You are setting a trap for yourself. You are setting yourself up for a broken heart. And some of these imaginations, it is the devil who puts them into your head. The Bible says, For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but are mighty through God for the pulling down of strongholds, casting down imaginations. That scripture is spiritual, it's a warfare. What do you call it? There are some of the imaginations that the devil brings them into your head. It is up to you to cast it down and decide that I'm not meditating upon this. Don't get yourself so hooked up on fantasies. So you're imagining your wedding day, you're imagining your honeymoon, you're imagining aqua safari, you're imagining this and that and that and that. Then he comes and tells you, oh, on 14th December, I am getting engaged and on the 16th of December I am getting married can you be one of the ushers that's when we'll see whether you are a Christian that's when you will know that the devil is real see that Satan is real And you see, when it happens that way and you are disappointed, eh, the devil will throw all of his arsenal on your mind. Trust me. Some of you have been there before and you know what I'm talking about. The devil wants to keep you in that state of depression. So he will give you reasons why you have to be angry with him. He'll give you reasons. He'll continue giving you. You will convince yourself that he gave you the signs that things were going to happen in a certain way. You convince yourself. Ah, but that day that he called me three times, what was he thinking? Three times, he could be innocent. One of them was to ask for Pasco. The other was to... <laughs> Simple, but the devil will come and give you reasons why you must be angry. And that is how people don't recover from broken hearts. The devil wants you to be there. When you're broken hearted like that, you can't pray. You can't worship. You can't serve God. You are there. And that is where the devil wants you to be. You will think things. You will hate him. And you remain down there. But I pray for somebody that you, you will not remain in the doldrums. You will come out of that place. Let him go. He is a devil. A Mercedes-Benz is coming. Hallelujah. A Rolls-Royce is coming. A Bentley is coming. 
something bigger something better and more appropriate for you some of you eh, the broken heartedness that you are crying about one day god will show you that it's good he didn't answer your prayers I pray that God will give you that opportunity to see why he didn't answer some of those prayers. Some of you have prayed about certain boys, prayed about certain girls, done warfare, done prayers of supplication. You have worshipped for them. You have done <laughs> every possible thing. I'm fine. But I prophesy to you that one day, when the right person comes, God will show you why he didn't answer that prayer. Because you see, there are some people here, eh? they may not necessarily be bad people for you. You may not be bad, but they are not for you. They are not for you. So let them go. When he comes and he says, I'm going to engage somebody else, mourn and grieve for about two days. Don't do six months and one year and this and that and that and that. One lady was like, there's some song we they both liked. Anytime she hears that song, delete it from your phone. When you are passing and they are singing it, move on with your life that is when the devil will remind you of some of the lyrics of the worldly songs it must have been love but it's over now it must have been good and you're <laughs> why have you broken my heart may the Lord deliver you from such in the name of Jesus may the Lord deliver you may the Lord deliver you a child of God, your place is not broken heartedness. You have somebody who loves you more than any human being can ever love you. How many human beings can lay down their lives for you? That boy cried for you know if arm robbers came, bullet. Hey, they'll hide behind you. But Jesus took the bullet for you. He took the nails for you. He took the beatings for you. If nobody loves you at all, know that God loves you. And he considers you worth dying for. I pray for you that God will give you the grace to guard your heart. Guard your heart from offense. Guard your heart from inappropriate affections. I pray that if there's somebody here who is already in that trap, may that trap be broken in the name of Jesus. May the Lord release you from the snare of the fowler. If there's anybody who is struggling with comparison in their marriage, in their relationship, May the Lord deliver you from that sickness today in the mighty name of Jesus. May you begin to see your spouse in a different way. May you begin to see your fiancé in a different way. May you begin to see your beloved in a different way. In the mighty name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. And if there are any young ladies here who are having married men on your trail, may the Lord give you the fortitude, the strength, to say no and to break away in the mighty name of Jesus. If there are any married women here who are having advances from their bosses, from their workplace mates, may the Lord destroy whatever affection is building today in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Any young man here getting attracted to somebody else apart from the one they have purpose to marry or are married to, May you be delivered from these negative affections in the mighty name of Jesus. And today, may the Lord place a membrane over your life. A selectively permeable membrane that will ensure that only the right people pass through. 
those who are coming to destroy your life may that net catch them in the name of jesus those who are coming to tempt you may that net catch them in the name of jesus those who are coming to set traps for you may that net catch them in the mighty name of jesus and may your integrity be intact may your life be glorious may your relationships be glorious may your marriages be glorious may your homes be glorious may your families be glorious in jesus name amen somebody put your hands together for jesus Trust you have been blessed by this message. For more information, reach us on 024-873-7250 or on our Facebook page, The Overflow Worship Center. Stay blessed. Overflow! Someone overflow! Overflow! Where does the pain?